where marriage is made and love lasts. Welcome to Marriage Unhindered with Doug Hinderer. Relationship problems? No problem. Give us a call, 888-914-9149. Need a second opinion? That's 888-914-9149. This is Marriage Unhindered. Here's your host, Doug Hinderer. Welcome to Marriage Unhindered. I'm your host, Doug Hinderer. I'm here to help you live married life as God intended it and to give you some help in those areas where you might be struggling. Bottom line, this show is designed to help you sanctify your marriage. Marriage is a path to holiness. And for the majority of us, that's the path, that's the uh, the road that God has called us to. And uh, so how do we do that, right? How do we sanctify our marriage? Well, we're going to talk about that here. Marriage does not have to be perfect to be wonderful, right? So let's be clear. This is not therapy. It's education. Some of the issues we may get into may be too complex uh, to be answered on this show, or, uh, or perhaps your challenge is too complex to uh, heal on your own. I, I want to encourage you to consider therapy for the difficult situations there's wonderful science out there on how to deal with uh, uh, and how to heal marriages, and there are really very competent therapists out there as well. The show is under the protection of our Blessed Mother, under the title of Undoer of Knots, and we always begin with a prayer to her. So if you'll join me, please, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Blessed Mother, take into your hands the knots that affect married couples and with your long fingers of love and grace undo these knots for the glory of god visit married couples with your grace renew their sacramental covenant increase god's love in them and strengthen their bond of peace so that with their children they may always rejoice in the gift of your blessing amen all right let's get into it as i've said often as you'll hear me say every single show, uh, there are three things you need to do to have a good marriage. Three things you need to be very good at to have a good marriage. And it's managing conflict. It's nurturing your love, growing your love every day, and practicing forgiveness. Those are the big three. Uh, today, we're going to focus the entire show on forgiveness, which is perhaps the most difficult of all three, right? I, uh, Man, it's just hard sometimes. So we tend to hold on to our, our hard feelings and, and we tend not to forgive. So uh, we're going to focus on that today. And so have you ever been hurt? Have you been hurt by your spouse in the past year? I think the answer to that's probably yes. How about the past month? Yeah. Past week? Yeah, probably so. How about this morning? <laughs> Has your spouse said or done anything that's kind of gotten on your nerves already today and yeah, the answer to that's probably yes as well. So, listen, are you are you having trouble, difficulty forgiving your spouse? Uh, do you find your anger and resentment consuming your thoughts, robbing you of your joy and and your peace and and your happiness? Or you know, do you have a friend who's been deeply hurt by his or her spouse and are struggling to forgive? Well, then you don't want to miss this show because that's what we're going to spend our time talking about: what forgiveness is, what it isn't, and how to go about doing it. So. Taking your calls, 888-914-9149. Email me at Doug at uh, marriageunhindered.com. And don't forget about the marriageunhindered.com website where you can access the past shows and my marriage tune-up workshop as well. All right, let's jump into forgiveness. So, you know, all of us get hurt by our spouses. 
all of us. There is no exception. Well, maybe, maybe there's one exception to that. That would be St. Joseph. Although, being as he was flawed, there might have been times he misunderstood the Blessed Mother and was upset and shouldn't have been. So even perhaps uh, St. Joseph was not spared uh, this burden of uh, sometimes being upset with our spouse, even though he was married to the most perfect creature ever. Uh, so, you know, we married a person with defects, and those defects are going to cause us pain. And you may not have known what those defects were during the, uh, you know, courtship period, but you sure found out about it probably on the honeymoon, right? Uh, and plus, we're all married to someone with a different temperament than we have, different personality, different likes and dislikes, et cetera. And all this combines from time to time to result in us getting our feelings hurt. Uh, you know, even daily. And you just can't avoid it. You, you, you can't. And so um, you've got to be good at managing the conflicts and you've got to be good at forgiveness. And that's where forgiveness comes in. No marriage can last long without forgiveness. Let me repeat that. No marriage can last long without forgiveness. And I, I, I want to talk just briefly about couple, two couples that I worked with, uh, one of which the wife had had two affairs, uh, and the husband was able to forgive her and move on. Now, that was a tough journey. We had some really emotionally intense sessions. There was some cussing and swearing and anger, and, and there was a lot of tears and shame, but the husband was able to forgive and they were able to pick up the pieces and rebuild the marriage and get it to an even stronger place than it had been before because they both appreciated, you know, what they had lost or almost lost. So they, the husband was able to forgive and it worked. And another couple I worked with where the husband had had a, a short-term affair, lasted a couple of months, um, 30 years prior, 30 years ago, uh, he had a, a, an affair and the wife still had not been able to forgive him. And we worked a lot on forgiveness, and the wife couldn't get there. 30 years, the young man, the young man, old man by now, uh, sleeping in a different bedroom. Now, you know, they weren't divorced, but they sure weren't married. They certainly didn't have a marriage because the wife could not get to the point of forgiveness. And so forgiveness is just so critical. And I, I think here's the most important thing that we need to appreciate uh, as Catholics, as Christians, that forgiveness is not optional. It's a commandment. Christ never said, well, forgive the ones you feel like or forgive these and not those. It was a commandment. And I don't know how many times in your life you've said the Our Father, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of times, perhaps. Uh, and in there, you know, we say, forgive us as we forgive others. You know, turn that around. What we're saying to God is, listen, if ye, if I don't practice forgiveness, I'm not going to ask you for it either. I don't expect to get it from you if I don't give it. And that's kind of scary. If we look at St. Matthew's Gospel, 6th chapter, uh, right after Jesus gives us the Our Father, the Lord's Prayer, he follows it up immediately with this. If you forgive others their transgressions, your heavenly Father will forgive you. But if you do not forgive others, neither will your Father forgive your transgressions. That's a pretty scary thing. That makes it really clear. That's pretty black and white. So let's reword that a little bit. I could take some uh, liberties here. Uh, put it in context of marriage. If you forgive your spouse his or her transgressions, your Heavenly Father will forgive you. But if you do not forgive your spouse, neither will your father forgive your transgressions. That brings it closer to home, right? That takes it out of the, the theoretical 
forgive others, and to the very specific, forgive the person that you're married to. A few chapters later in Matthew, we read, Then Peter approached him, Lord, if my brother sins against me, how often must I forgive him? As many as seven times? Jesus answered, I say to you, not seven times, but 70 times, seven times. Let's reword that one. And then Peter, approaching, asked him, Lord, if my spouse sins against me, how often must I forgive him or her? As many as seven times? Jesus answered, I say to you, not seven times, but 70 times, seven times. Go on to the Gospel of Mark, 11th chapter. Our Lord says, when you stand to pray, forgive anyone against whom you have a grievance, so that your heavenly Father may in turn forgive you your transgressions. Well, let's put this in a context of marriage. When you stand to pray, forgive your spouse against whom you have a grievance, so that your heavenly Father may in turn forgive you your transgressions. So the idea of stand to pray, right? When do we stand to pray? Well, we do that at Mass every Sunday. And I think, you know, the message is if we're going to going to go to Mass, we probably need to forgive our spouse from the bottom of our heart because there we are to pray, uh, and we need forgiveness for our prayers to be heard. And then in Luke's Gospel, 6th chapter, Jesus said to his disciples, Be merciful, just as your Father is merciful. Stop judging, and you will not be judged. Stop condemning, and you will not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Well, let's put this in the context of marriage. Jesus said to his disciples, be merciful just as your father's merciful. Stop judging your spouse and you will not be judged. Stop condemning your spouse and you will not be condemned. Forgive your spouse and you will be forgiven. All right. And then finally, take a look at uh, St. Luke's gospel, 17th chapter. Our Lord says, be on your guard. If your brother sins, rebuke him. If he repents, forgive him. If he wrongs you seven times in one day and returns to you seven times saying, I'm sorry, you should forgive him. Let's reword that one. Be on your guard. If your spouse sins, rebuke him or her. If he or she repents, forgive him or her. And if he or she wrongs you seven times in one day and returns to you seven times saying, I'm sorry, you should forgive him or her. So I don't mean to beat the dead horse, but I I just, there are a lot of places in Scripture that deal with this idea of forgiveness, and all of which establish the fact that it is not optional for us. And so we need to take that really quite seriously. Here's the plain truth. No one gives us more opportunity to practice forgiveness than our spouse. No one. We don't ever, anywhere. We're not as vulnerable with anyone else in the world as we are with our spouse. We have given him or her our entire heart, our entire life. And that makes us very vulnerable to their defects. No marriage can survive, much less thrive without forgiveness. But we are so vulnerable to our spouse because we have committed everything. We've we've staked our entire life, all our happiness, our entire future on our spouse makes us very vulnerable. Problem is we've done that. We've given all of that power to someone who's flawed and we'll get it wrong sometimes. All right. But so, geez, and here's where the problem lies. It's part of our human nature, right? That when we are hurt, our natural tendency is to even the score, to get 
even. And we want to balance the ledger. In our mind, we maintain a, a ledger of merit. I, I keep score of my hurts. And if you hurt me, let's say, at a, at a level of four, whatever, however you define that, therefore, I get to give you four units of pain to balance, you know, in exchange. And then we'll be even. So you hurt me to a four, I get to hurt you to a four. Ah, and then we're even. Um, and then we tend to think, you know, I'm not going to let go of this pain until we are even. So I keep a running total. Oh, you hurt me this morning at a four, and then uh, you hurt me a little bit later at a two. Now I'm up to six, and then now you hurt me, you said a couple of these things at a one, and then you kind of rolled your eyes. That's a that's a one. So now I'm up to nine. Uh, boy, I, I owe you nine pieces of pain. And then we'll be even, and then we'll get back to, you know, get back to the start, get back to the beginning. Uh, the problem, one of the problems with that is we tend to always overestimate my pain and underestimate your pain. So I'm always feeling that I'm in a one-down position, right? Uh, you know, and plus that's Old Testament, eye for an eye stuff, right? And our Lord came to show us a better way. Uh, he taught us to forgive our enemies, to turn the other cheek. And if we're called to forgive our enemies, how much more so the person that God brought into our life who he's asked us to love unconditionally and forever, right? So I, I was reading a story the other day that uh, St. Ignatius of Loyola, you know, the founder of the Jesuits, once walked a hundred miles in the winter to nurse a man who had fallen ill. A man who only weeks earlier had stolen Ignatius's savings. The guy stole money from Ignatius, and he walked a hundred miles in the middle of winter to take care of him because he was sick. That's that's love. That's forgiveness, right? So does this sound like someone, uh, like, like someone you know or perhaps you are struggling with forgiveness? Give me a call. Let's talk about it. 888-914-9149. Email me at Doug at marriageunhindered.com. So let's kind of jump into what forgiveness is and let's define it. Uh, forgiveness is a process where someone who has been wronged, chooses to let go of their resentment and treat the wrongdoer with compassion. Say it again. It's a process where you, who have been wronged, chooses to let go of your resentment and treat the wrongdoer with compassion. A couple words about what forgiveness is. It's a choice, right? We have free will. We can choose to forgive or we can choose to resent. We can choose resentment, and resentment is easy. It's a choice. It's a decision to let go of the anger and the resentment. It's been said, and I, I try to find out who the quote is attributed to. I can't do it, but it's like drinking poison, hoping the other guy dies, right? You are the only one who suffers from the resentment that you can't let go of. And this resentment uh, is ruining your life, not the life of the person who hurt you. They're not suffering because your anger is causing you to lose sleep in the middle of the night or lose your appetite, right? Um, it's Forgiveness is treating the offender with compassion, mercy, kindness, generosity, and charity, even though the person doesn't deserve it. Your choice is not contingent on the worthiness of the offender. 
It's an act of the will overcoming the emotions. You can choose to be controlled by your emotions or you can choose to rise above them. Rising above them is the thing that makes us truly human. Okay. It's our ability to overcome our emotions and to master our emotions is what separates us from the rest of the animal kingdom. And forgiveness also is an indication of holiness. It's It shows us how close we are to Christ who forgave everyone who offended him, who came to bring forgiveness, right? And our Lord forgave everyone, even the folks who didn't ask for it, uh, even those who were continuing to spit on him and revile him as he hung on the cross, right? So it's a choice. It's a decision. Let go of your anger and your resentment. It's treating the offender with compassion. It's an act of my will is going to overcome my emotions, my desires for, for revenge and to get even, and it's an indication of my holiness. All right, so... That's what it is. When we come back, we can talk about what it isn't, and we'll talk about the how to go about with forgiveness, and we'll take a call. So I'm going to take a break now. Are you struggling with forgiveness in your marriage? Give me a call. Let's talk about it. 888-914-9149 or Doug at marriageunhindered.com. Life ain't always pretty It's something else sometimes But it's the good and bad And living that Makes you feel alive It's the killing yourself Trying to make a dream come true And it's the feeling like you're flying The moment that you do You gotta know the halfway empty To know the halfway full No, life ain't always pretty Ain't it beautiful? All right. Welcome back. Yeah, life is beautiful, but it's hard. And without forgiveness, it gets even even harder. So I came across a couple of uh, St. Augustine quotes uh, that I think uh, kind of fit to what we're talking about. He says, There are many kinds of alms, the giving of which helps us to obtain pardon for our sins. But none is greater than that by which we forgive from our heart a sin that someone has committed against us. So we're in Lent, right? It's prayer, fasting, and almsgiving. And St. Augustine says, if you want to give alms, give the alms of forgiveness. Here we go. This is the season of forgiveness. Another quote I was pretty, pretty good. He said, if you are suffering from a bad man's injustice, forgive him, lest there be two bad men, right? You got one bad guy who's hurt you. Uh, if you forgive him, there's just one bad guy. If you hold on to the grudge, now we got two bad guys, you and and him. So before we get going, before we dive more into what forgiveness isn't, um, let's take a call. Let's go to Glenn in Silver Springs, Maryland. Morning, Glenn. Um, hi, how you doing? I'm doing great. How are you? Um, I'm doing okay, I guess. Um, yeah, so I guess I was telling your uh, call screener earlier. Um, I'm so my state in life is I'm married, but my wife uh, left me and divorced me. Um, she left me four years ago, and I've been divorced now for about three years. Okay. Um, and um, I, I guess uh, you know, I you know I was very angry and just just immature in my relationship with her. You know, I just. I would pout and, you know, I just, you know, I, I just was very, I guess, uh, hurt, you know, hurt sure. very easily. And, um, 
I, I didn't handle that very well. But bottom line is, uh, after 22 years, she left me. And um, it seemed very calculated on how she went about it, just very kind of impassionate, so to speak. But um, she would say to me, you know, I, I can forgive you, but I can't forget. Mm. And, um, you know, that seems to be the mantra I, I hear. And I've, I've not only heard it from her, but I've heard it from, you know, many other people I've talked about, talked to who have, you know, um, hurt by others. And, and they're like, well, I forgive them, but I can't forget. Yeah. So therefore they, they break the, off the relationship and don't talk to them anymore. Yeah. So I, I guess, let me just for a second say, yes, I, I get it, but that's not, that's not forgiveness. So this idea of forgive and forget, you will never forget. So forget the idea about forgetting. You're, you're, especially if you've been hurt, you're going to remember that. But forgiveness is remembering in a different way. Forgiveness is, I remember that and I forgive that. And so the fact that she left probably means that in her own mind, she hasn't really, she might think she's forgiven you, but she, she hasn't. Because if she had, she'd probably still be with you. Yeah, that's that's what I struggle with. I mean, I, I've heard you know people talk and say, well, you know, um, if somebody's punching you in the nose all the time, which wasn't my situation, but you know, just for an you know a, a crude example, sure. you know, you, you don't, you know, you can forgive them, but you're not, you don't want to hang around them because you don't want to get punched in the nose. Right, um, and so and I that's mean, true, guess, right? And that's uh, true. You, just just okay. because you forgive doesn't mean you have to stay in a situation where you're constantly abused, you know, emotionally or physically. So that's true, um, and uh, for sure, forgiveness doesn't mean I have to continue to be a victim of this bad treatment. But assuming you were trying to get better, you know, um, and maybe she should perhaps have given you a second chance. But but again, forgiveness. Doesn't mean you've forgotten, uh, but it also doesn't mean you have to stay in a bad situation either. Right. So, in other words, if a, if a person's reformed or changed or no longer is doing what the you know the the person was was hurt by, yeah. um, you know, forgiveness means they they do give them a second chance and welcome welcome them back. Well, generally, you, you, you would want to try, right? Because if your first marriage was, you know, a valid marriage, uh, then you want to, it's till death to us part, right? And we want to try to reconcile. And recon the forgiveness is the first step towards reconciliation. So you want to try to to do that, uh, if at all possible. And I and that's why I always encourage couples to get professional help if things aren't going well, so that... You know, once a person has made the decision to leave the marriage, it's really hard to undo that, right? And I start living a different life, a separate life, and it's really hard. And you want to try to get the help to understand what it is that I'm doing that's causing so much pain to my spouse so that I can stop doing that and get on, you know, and, and improve the marriage, get to a better place. Okay. Thank you very much. All right. Good luck. All right, Glenn. Yeah, you can hear the the pain in in his voice. And and how many people? I mean, is that the story? Right. Somehow, we just aren't getting the message that what I'm doing is causing so much pain until my spouse leaves. Right. Gets to the point where they can't take it anymore. And I I 
we want to really have an open heart that says, I, um, I, 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 I know I'm not perfect. I know I've done things that hurt you, and I want to ask for your forgiveness. And part of the way that I uh, will show that I'm serious about this is by really changing my behavior and changing those things that, uh, that I do that cause you pain. So forgiveness is so critical, and without it, right, we end up uh, in divorce situations. And that's often the, the deal is I just get to the point where I can't forgive anymore or I choose not to forgive, and so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to move on. So let's talk, take a few minutes to talk about what forgiveness is not. It is not reconciliation. Uh, you can forgive without ever reconciling with the person who, is, who has harmed you. The person who's harmed you maybe doesn't want to reconcile, maybe wants to hurt you and wants to stay an enemy of yours. That doesn't mean you can't forgive, but you won't be able to reconcile, okay? But you, there is no reconciliation without forgiveness. Forgiveness is the first step on the road to reconciliation, Reconciliation is always the goal in marriage. We always want to reconcile. We always want to forgive and and get better and improve what we're doing and stop causing each other pain. Uh, but but forgiveness is the first step on that road to reconciliation. Forgiveness is not condoning or excusing what the other person did was wrong, and your forgiveness will not change that. Uh, realize that you cannot control uh, those people who have rejected you or chosen to hurt you. Uh, so you don't even need to try to do that. So don't condone it. Don't excuse it. What they've done is wrong. And that's plain and simple fact, but I'm going to forgive it anyway. Forgiveness also, it's, it's not all or nothing, right? It's often a journey. It, some things can be forgiven in an instant. You know, if your spouse forgets to stop off at home from work and pick up the gallon of milk, well, I can forgive that pretty quickly. Or or there's a, they're tired and they kind of snap at me. There's a harsh word or they roll their eyes. All these little bitty pinpricks of the day can be forgiven fairly quickly. But other hurts take a long time to forgive, you know, like the couples I talked about with the affair. Or maybe your spouse got a DUI, you know, and ended up spending the night in jail and it's you're embarrassed. Or, or they, you know, went to the, to the casino and lost a big sum of money. You know, some of these things are really hard to forgive, and they can take time, and that's okay. It's okay to keep working towards full and total forgiveness on these big things. Okay? Uh, as I mentioned earlier, it's not forgetting, right? but it's about remembering in new ways, and I'll talk more about that when we get to the how-to part of, of forgiveness. right? Um, but you, you know, you've heard the saying, forgive and forget. Yeah, forget that idea of forgetting. It's not possible. Forgetting. Try to make yourself forget something. Just go ahead and try to do that. You're going to fail at that, right? Especially if it's something that cut deep or hurt deep. You're not going to forget that. That's okay. You can forgive without forgetting, and that's all right. Okay? And that's what forgiveness is all about. And forgiveness is not an exchange, it's not, a, I will forgive you if you, and then fill in the blank, right? I, I, I hear that a lot. Uh, well, I'll forgive you if you promise you'll never do that again. If you do this, if you, so our forgiveness is now contingent on the offending party doing something um, different. And that's not what forgiveness is all about. Uh, I often hear, you know, um, his sorry just wasn't sincere or it wasn't good enough or I don't believe she's really sorry. Well, uh, eh, 
you've made your forgiveness then contingent on something else that your spouse will do, and that's uh, that's not real forgiveness either. So it's not reconciliation. It's not condoning or excusing. It's not all or nothing. It's not forgetting, and it's not an exchange. Okay. So what? Why? What? What are the reasons to practice forgiveness? Right. And I think. Certainly, A, to obey our Lord and Savior, right? Because he gave us the commandment, you must forgive. So first is, is, is to obey him. Second is that's going to be our path into heaven. That's going to be our ticket to get the forgiveness we're going to need to get into heaven. Third, I think on a more practical level, more human level, is forgiveness liberates us from the enslavement to anger and resentment. And I think that word enslavement is the right word. We become slaves to our own anger and our own resentment. We literally lose our human freedom when we become enslaved to ongoing anger. You know, we become obsessively preoccupied with the past hurt. And this is exactly what the devil wants us to do. He wants us to continue to focus on the pain and on the person who caused it. He wants us to focus on that person's defects. If he can get us to focus on the pain, he can get us to do things like end the marriage, like get in a big fight, cause hard feelings, right? He can lead us down the path that gets that takes us away from our Lord, right? So um, liberate yourself from, from that slavery. Uh, forgiveness, you know, liberates us from the slavery to the past. So when we continue to remember this hurt that happened in the past, the past is never in the past. It never stays there. It keeps dropping in to the present. Every time we remember the injury, our pain gets relived again and again and again. The past that you cannot change, you keep reliving. And that just brings you down this rabbit hole of preoccupation with the, with the hurt. No good comes from reliving the injury and the pain. It's a lot like just carrying a heavy weight on our shoulders every day, this, this weight of anger, this weight of resentment. We just it, dra- it just, it just cripples us, and we're just dragging this weight with us. And the crazy thing is we don't have to carry the weight. We can just toss it off of our shoulders anytime we want. We need to say, boom, I'm done with this, and get rid of that weight and be liberated, and, and, and now we can lighten our step because I've getting, gotten rid of that anger and that resentment, right? And now I can get on with my life. Joy has, has been reestablished, right? Love and friendship can be restored, and this is the goal of all marriages, is to, is to heal and restore friendships, to, to really develop, to really nurture, to really, you know, cultivate this friendship and this kindness between us. And I'm not going to let anything get in the way of that. I'm not going to let anything rob me of this desire to, to have you be my best and deepest friend. And even though you've said some things sometimes that have hurt me, I'm not going to let that get in the way of our friendship, right? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to forgive you and restore you to this high dignity of my friend and my spouse. And I think the final thing that says it draws us closer to Christ. It's a really powerful way uh, to imitate Christ. The better job we do of forgiving, the better job we do of imitating Christ. On a, on a physiological level, studies have found that forgiveness actually reaps huge rewards for our health. It lowers our risk of heart attack. It improves our cholesterol levels. It improves the quality of our sleep. It reduces chronic pain. It reduces our blood pressure. 
It reduces our anxiety, our depression, and our stress. It increases our self-esteem and our hopefulness. So holding on to anger and resentment is one of the worst things I can do to me. Getting rid of it is one of the best things I can do for me. Right? And I think finally, last thing I'd say, and then we'll we'll take a break, but is um, I think God often gives us a spouse with the defect that's going to enable us to gain the virtue that we most need to grow in, all right? And so very helpful to look at our spouse's defects really as gifts from God to help us grow in virtue and especially the, the virtue of forgiveness. But, you know, if you tend to be impatient, um, God may give you a spouse who tends to be late a lot, help you grow in patience. If you tend to be kind of cheap, God may give you a spouse who tends to give away a lot of money to every charity that calls on the phone. Uh, if you have a tendency to be lazy, God may give you a spouse who never stops moving, a spouse who's kind of like the Energizer Bunny, constantly moving to help you, you know, overcome sloth. Uh, if you have a tendency towards pride, uh, God may give you a spouse who points out your defects for you from time to time or with great frequency to help you grow in those virtues. But what great gifts those are. Uh, to have a spouse who can help us grow in virtue. So, you know, forgiveness is a process where you, who have been wronged, chooses to let go of your resentment and treat the wrongdoer with compassion. So maybe now you're saying, okay, Doug, I got it. I understand what forgiveness is. I understand what it isn't. Uh, I sure would like to forgive. I just can't seem to do it. How do I go about actually doing the work of forgiveness? And we're going to dive into that when we come back from our next break. I'm taking your calls at 888-914-9149 or email me at Doug at marriageunhindered.com. Be back in a minute. You know, forgiveness, forgiveness goes both ways. Forgiveness makes the world a lighter place both ways. When you forgive, your world gets better. You unburden yourself of this weight. And when you tell your spouse, I forgive you, that lightens their load too. And think about sometime perhaps that you did something stupid, something you regret, something that caused your spouse pain and, and some suffering and think about what you felt like in the guilt and the shame and then when your spouse said maybe even with tears and her his eyes I forgive you it's okay let me let me hug you I forgive you think about how you felt when you heard those words of forgiveness from this person who you love more than anything in the world and who you through whatever reason you hurt and cause some pain. So forgiveness is the greatest gift you can give both yourself and your spouse. So how do you go about doing that, right? How do you get to the 
place of forgiveness. And for that, we're going to turn to a book called Forgiveness Therapy, an Empirical Guide for Resolving Anger and Restoring Hope uh, by Drs. Robert Enright, Ph.D., professor at University of Wisconsin-Madison, I believe, and Dr. Richard Fitzgibbons, medical doctor. They, they collaborated on this book on forgiveness therapy. And it, now, it's written for therapists. It could be a tough read for the average person. I'm not suggesting that you go buy the book. I am suggesting, though, uh, that you check out a website called International Forgiveness Institute. And it, uh, I think Dr. Enright is the one who is behind this brainchild. Uh, and it's a great resource for anyone who's struggling with uh, forgiveness and trying to figure out how to go about forgiveness and looking for some guidance and some help and resources. It's the International Forgiveness Institute. Check that out. So according to these uh, researchers, these writers, these doctors, um, it's a four-step process, but you start with some preliminaries. So the first thing you need, you need two things. You need a piece of paper and you need a pencil because you need to do some work and you need to get it on paper. You need to get it in writing, right? And so the preliminaries is, you know, you need to take a deep look at at who hurt you and how they hurt you. So you need to answer the questions, right? Who was it? Who am I thinking about? My spouse, okay? How deeply were you hurt? Uh, and what was the specific instance? And and get the details down. What, what was the time of day? Where were we at? Was there anyone else present? Did anyone else see or witness what went on, right? What were the circumstances? Morning or afternoon? Was it cloudy? Was it was it sunny? Uh, specifically, what was said? Uh, specifically, how did you respond? So, as much detail to kind of complete the the memory in your mind as you can. So, you've got a really good, accurate recollection of what happened when you were hurt. And then, phase one then is to uncover your anger. The first step towards forgiving is to take a look inwardly at how what's going on in your anger, right? So take a deep look into how you have suffered, how you have suffered by holding on to your anger and resentment. How has it affected you? How is your life worse because of your anger and resentment that you're not letting go of, right? Um, So this is the idea is to help you understand that you are the one who is hurting you by holding on to the anger, right? So how, so questions that they ask, how have you avoided dealing with the anger? How have you faced your anger? Uh, Are you afraid to expose your shame or guilt that you have around the anger? Has your anger affected your health, sleep, appetites, distracted uh, thoughts, et cetera? Have you obsessed about the injury or the offender? You know, do you compare your situation with that of the offender? Has the injury caused a permanent change in your life? Have you changed what you're doing here, right? Um, has Has it altered who you are and what you are. I mean, has it changed your worldview, right? Um, and then deciding to forgive, right? That's phase two. Uh, okay, I, I realize how much I have suffered because I've held on to this anger and this resentment. I've made the decision to forgive, all right? We're going to come back to that in a little bit more how to go through that. But first, I want to uh, I want to take a call from uh, Faye in Chicago, Good morning, Faye. Good morning. Thank you for taking my call. My pleasure. Um, I just had more of a, a comment than a question. Okay. And I'm really glad you're talking about, you know, this topic because it's really important for us to hear that, yes, marriages can survive infidelity. Um, 
because too often when we have that struggle in a marriage, you know, the first thing we think is, oh, I'm going to you know, get a divorce. And we yeah. make the mistake, I think, of telling everybody, oh, yeah. oh, my husband cheated on me or my wife cheated on me. And now we're already damaging, I think, a little bit of the potential healing yeah. that we could be doing because now we're getting all these other messages from other people. Oh, once a cheater, always a cheater. And, you know, this person will never change. And now, you know, pride is creeping in now. And, you know, we kind of get in that, in that situation. We're like, well, you know, I kind of want to forgive, you know, my spouse, but, you know, I'm hearing all these negative things. And I think it's so important. And I think the other thing is kind of funny that all these people who came to witness our marriage and celebrated with us, a lot of times they're the same people who are encouraging us when we struggle, oh, you know, go get a divorce. And when they should be the ones encouraging us, you know, to stay to, together and seek, you know, counseling through a Catholic counselor yeah. or what have you. And I think it's just, it's, it's a good reminder. And I really appreciate, I really enjoy your show. Thank and you. it's just a good reminder that forgiveness is not a choice yeah. and that marriages truly can survive infidelity. Good. Thank you for that, Faye. I, yes, I appreciate that. And yes, marriages can. Uh, survive uh, infidelity. The, 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 the one point that uh, Faye makes is that uh, sometimes when you're the victim of that, you want to tell everybody, right? And that goes to this eye for an eye thing, that you really hurt me and I'm going to hurt you back. Well, now we start falling into the sin of detraction, which is an awfully serious sin as well, because now, uh, even though it's true what I'm saying, I'm detracting that person's reputation and image. So you've got to be very careful. And I realize there's this tendency that I need to turn somewhere for some support, some encouragement, maybe my best friend, but be careful that not too many people find out about it because you that they will give you bad advice, say divorce them, move on. Uh, and if you don't, if you forgive, they may not forgive. And so that still might put your spouse's relationship with other people at a great disadvantage, even if you've forgiven. So be very careful on who you turn to uh, for help and support if you're the victim of an affair. Uh, And then get some counseling. Affairs don't have to be the end of a marriage. In fact, people who come through affairs often have much stronger marriages after the affair than they did before. So thank you, Faye, for that call and those comments. Let's go to Jane in Wisconsin. Good morning, Jane. Hi, Doug. Thank you for taking the telephone call. I left a um, indication of what I was going to talk about, and then ironically, I drove past an advertising sign that says, Genuine Christians Forgive Like Jesus. There you go. I think 646, so I thought that was not an accident, but a God incident. So here's my question, and this is um, forgiveness in general and not necessarily related in the marriage. Uh, and that would be if there is someone willing to forgive, but there's also a matter of having justice done for a loved one and trying to balance forgiveness with justice. And also because a person was tremendously harmed. Yeah. I mean, people go to prison for what they did. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah. Yes, that's how bad it is. So, so how? Yeah. Um, I, yeah how do you balance? Think, yeah, forgiveness with justice. I think. And one more thing. Yeah, yeah. One more thing. Sure. Uh, some people may say, "Well, you just forgive and leave it to God, and God will have justice done." Other people will say, "Well, there's things that you can do to report these things 
However, um, there are systems in place that uh, are so large that uh, it may be a very uphill battle. Mm-hmm. And um, I think I'll leave it there. Thank okay. you. Yeah, no, you're welcome. Thanks for the call. Balancing forgiveness with justice. Uh, yes. So I guess two two thoughts on that. First is your job is to do the work of the forgiveness. Leave the justice, yes, to God. Because, you know, uh, he's going to sort it all out in the end. We don't need to worry about that. And thank goodness we don't have to be the judges and decide the, the degree of guilt and innocence in these situations, right? I do the work of forgiveness, and I let God do the work of justice. In a case like I think Jane was referring to, where there was perhaps some legal thing going on, some criminal activity, then yes, the justice is the person who did the bad thing. I can forgive that person. That doesn't mean that person gets to get out of jail. That doesn't mean that the person doesn't pay the consequences to society for what they did. You know, a great example of that is uh, St. John Paul II, who forgave the guy who shot him. Uh, That doesn't mean the guy got out of jail, but it does mean that I forgive you. Now society has to protect itself from people who go around shooting other people, and you've lost your freedom to be able to walk around society because you're a danger to society, but I can still forgive you for the injustice. So, um, yes, do the work of forgiveness, leave the justice to other folks. I realize how difficult that is because everything in our being cries out for balance and, and, and judgment but and, and justice. So hope that helps a little bit, Jane. Thank you for your call. So listen, so the steps of forgiveness, A, first, uh, you know, do the preliminaries, do the work about how deeply you were hurt. Uncover your anger and realize how much your anger is harming you and that you're the only one who can let that go. Then you make the decision to forgive using your God-given free will to forgive. Yes, Lord, I am going to forgive this person. It's going to be hard. But decide, look at what you've been doing so far that hasn't worked. Turn to prayer. Turn to God. Turn to our Lord. Turn to the saints who have suffered unbelievable injustices and have forgiven the people who literally tortured them and and took their lives, right? And then the hard work of forgiveness. Work towards understanding. Work towards compassion. Accept the pain, right? Um, But work towards understanding, right? Trying to understand, trying to see the situation through the eyes of the offender. What was their childhood like? What kind of home did they come from? Were they abused as a child? Did they lose a job? Were they, you know, what was happening? Were they this, you know, had they had too much to drink? Were they, you know, try to see it through their eyes, which sometimes we can be a little more forgiving if you understand that these people uh, had tough childhoods, trauma, abuse, sexual abuse as children, which somehow sometimes really deforms how I go through life and makes me a bitter, angry person who kind of takes that pain out on everybody else, right? And then supernaturalize your suffering, right? Discover the true meaning of suffering, how I can sanctify this suffering, how I unite my suffering with that of Jesus Christ, and through it, I will earn my way. I will get forgiveness for my sins. That's my pathway into heaven. I can apply this suffering to the poor souls of purgatory. I can apply this suffering to our Lord for whatever my intentions are, right, for my children that they get into heaven, that they marry good spouses, that they find wonderful people to marry, that... uh, um, so that I can use all of this suffering and turn it into the currency to grow in, in grace and virtue, not just for myself, but for those around me, right? And um, so it's just, you know, 
discover the fact that you're not alone. We all suffer. We all have to endure injustice from time to time. It's a big club. We're all members of the club of people who have been hurt and who our Lord then tells us that, that the door for forgiveness is open. You know, this suffering, this idea of suffering is so tantamount to our salvation that of all the ways that God could have chosen to redeem mankind, he sent his son to suffer for us. And he didn't show up, Jesus didn't show up to remove our suffering. He came up, he showed up to give us a role model on how to do it. Suffering is so intense that even his blessed mother wasn't spared. I Listen, I hope you found the energy today in this show to practice some forgiveness and to extend forgiveness, lighten your burden, forgive your spouse or those people in your family. Remember, uh, until next week, marriage does not have to be perfect to be wonderful. There's a solution to everything that is hindering your marriage. You will find those solutions here on Marriage Unhindered every Saturday at 11. And check out the Marriage Unhindered website for past shows and the Marriage Tune-Up Workshop. Have a great day.